Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. This week, we'll hear a Cinderella story that inspired Shakespeare's play, King Lear. A banished princess, Cap O' Rushes, works in the castle kitchens of a faraway land where she meets her true love. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Shakespeare storybook collection. This is the story of Cap O' Rushes, the source for King Lear. Once upon a time there was a king. Everyone thought he was wise and good. Yet once he asked a foolish question and suffered sorely as a result. The king had three daughters, princesses who were beautiful, good and wise. He wanted to test them. When he had the three before him, he asked, Children, how much do you love me? The first said, Father, I love you as much as all the gold and silver in the world. The second said, Father, I love you as much as all the gems and jewels in the earth. These two answers pleased the king. But the third princess was the most sensible and always answered honestly. She spoke simply and did not flatter or tease. The third princess said, Father, I love you as much as salt. The king flew into a rage. That means you love me not at all. Everyone has salt. You stupid goose. You don't love me enough. From this day on, you are banished. The princess tried to explain. She tried to make her father understand and change his mind. But he wouldn't listen. So the princess left the home she had always known. Without servants or soldiers, nor a horse to carry her, she set off to seek her fortune. All she took were three dresses that had once belonged to her dead mother, the queen. When at last the princess arrived in a land where no one knew her, she hid the three dresses in a hollow tree in the forest. Then she bathed in the river and made a skirt, a cape, and a cap out of the long green rushes that grew at the edge of the water. Dressed like this, she started looking for work. She had to make her way in the world. The princess went to the castle belonging to the prince of that foreign land. She asked the cook for a job. He didn't like the look of her and said no, but she begged and begged and finally he relented. You can stay to scrub the pots and pans, he sniffed. All you'll get for it is a place by the fire to sleep and the scraps of food we don't want. So it was that the princess found a living scraping pots and pans. In return, she was given a place in the ashes to sleep and the titbits the servants didn't want, they threw to her to eat. Because she wore a dress and a hat made of rushes, they called her Caparushes. Caparushes worked in the castle kitchens for a long time. One day the prince of that land announced he would hold a festival to last three days and three nights. Everyone was invited, rich and poor alike. The servants said the prince was going to choose a wife at the festival. Each serving maid thought he might pick her. But on the first day of the festival, Caparushes said she was too tired to go. The servants left her asleep by the fire. 
Once she was alone, she ran to the forest and bathed in the river. Caporushes put on the first dress that had belonged to her mother. This was a gown made of gold. When she wore it, she shone like the sun in the sky. That is how she went to the festival. When she entered the great hall, where people were feasting and making merry, everyone stopped to stare. They had never seen such beauty. Spellbound, the prince went up to her and asked her for every dance. Yet Caporushes would not tell her name, nor from where she came. Before the first day of the festival was over, she was gone. Nobody knew where. When the servants returned to the kitchens, they found Caporushes asleep in her old clothes. No one knew she had been the radiant princess dressed in gold. On the second day, Caporushes was again left alone, sleeping in the ashes. At once, she ran to the forest and washed in the river. Dressed in her mother's second gown, which was made of silver, she looked like the glistening moon skipping and tripping above the clouds. Just as before, she was the most beautiful woman at the festival. The prince danced only with her. Yet he could not learn her name, nor find out where she lived. Before the day was over, she was gone again. The servants found Caporushes sleeping by the fire. They still did not recognize her as the shimmering princess. The last day of the festival, the servants could not rouse Caporushes from her slumber. When she was alone, she ran to the forest and dressed in the third gown made of gems and jewels. Wearing that dress, Caporushes glittered like the stars. As soon as she arrived, the prince took her by the hand and would not let her go. Won't you tell me your name at least, he implored. But Caporushes would not. So the prince took a ring from his finger and put it on Caporushes' hand. By the ring I will find you and know you, and with this ring I will marry you, he promised. Caporushes just smiled. Still she said nothing. She was worried about how she might escape. On this, the final day of the festival, the prince held tightly to her hand and would not let go for an instant. She feared they would discover she was a kitchen maid and there would be trouble. But then there was a dance where everyone changed partners. The prince had to let go and, free at last, Caporushes made a dash for the kitchens. She was in her old clothes asleep when the other servants returned. The next day, the prince began to search for the woman to whom he had given the ring, but he looked only at grand women, all done up in their finest clothes. He looked at princesses, countesses, and duchesses. Never once did he consider ordinary women who worked for a living. So he did not find Caporushes. The prince returned and took to his bed. The doctors announced that he had a broken heart and would die for love. Everyone said that was a shame, everyone that is, but Caporushes. When she heard the news, she just laughed. The cook said she was wicked to laugh about the prince dying.
But that's not why I laugh, said the girl. I laugh because the prince will not die. I could make some soup that will cure him. Well then, snorted the cook, you'd better do it. And she did. When the soup was made and no one was looking, Caporushes put the prince's ring into the dish. It was taken to the prince who drank it. There at the bottom of the bowl, he found the ring. Whoever made the soup must come at once, he commanded, immediately feeling much better. The cook feared something must have gone wrong with the soup and didn't want Caporushes to take the blame for it. He was fond of her and didn't want her to get into trouble. So he went to the prince. Who made the soup? inquired the young man. I did, your highness, smiled the cook and bowed deeply. The cook was a short, fat, balding old man. Oh no, you can't have made the soup said the prince. Send the one who did. I promise no harm will come to her. The kindly cook went to Caporushes and sent her to the prince, saying, It's no good. He wants you, and he's going to get you. When Caporushes entered the prince's chamber, he asked, How came you by the ring? She looked him in the eye and said, By him who gave it to me. Now from the moment she entered the room, the prince knew she was the one to whom he had given the ring. When she saw that he recognized her, Caporushes removed her skirt, cape, and cap of rushes, showing beneath it her gown of gems and jewels. As he had promised, he asked, Princess, will you marry me and be my queen? And she agreed. They planned a big wedding. They even invited her father, the wise old king, who had asked the foolish question. When Caporushes heard he was coming to the wedding, not knowing it was his own daughter's, she told the cook, Make the food for my wedding with no salt, not a handful of salt, not a pinch of salt, not a grain of salt, no salt at all in fish or flesh or fowl, in pudding or pie or pastry, in soup nor broth, in fruit nor vegetable, no salt at all. That'll taste nasty, complained the cook. It doesn't matter, just do as I say, Caporushes ordered. So the food for the wedding was made without salt. When the guests sat down at the wedding banquet, the food tasted terrible. They all complained, saying, The wedding is ruined. There's no salt in the food. All complained except Caporushes' father. The wise old king began to cry. He wept so much that his long white beard was soaked with tears. The guests all asked, Why are you crying? The old king replied, once I had a daughter, and I asked how much she loved me. She said she loved me as much as salt, and I thought that meant she did not love me at all. But now I understand. Without salt, food has no taste. Without love, life has no meaning. My daughter loved me more than all the world, and I've lost her forever.
Again he wept. Caporushes could bear it no longer. She ran up to her father and put her arms around him. Kissing him tenderly, she said, Ah, no, dearest father, you have not lost your daughter, because I am she, and I love you still. The king looked into her eyes and recognized the child he had sent away. He begged her forgiveness, and of course she forgave him. Then she ordered the cook to make fresh food, but this time with salt. The cook went off at once to prepare a new banquet for the guests. The wedding of Caporushes and the prince was such a grand party, such a glorious affair, that it lasted seven years and a day. Each day was better than the one before. And how do I know this? I was at the wedding myself, and that's how I heard the story. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.